sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of the morning after live right here on this Friday on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is Sports Grid. It is a Friday, but not just any ordinary Friday. Not even a football Friday. It is a college basketball Friday. In fact, the Friday at the round of 64 in the 2023 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. And after the chaotic joy that we saw on the opening day of the round of 64, what does Friday have in store? That rhymed. We will set the stage for all of that here in our second hour on this glorious Friday on the morning after. Thank you for joining us here on TMA. I am Ben Stevens. But as you are consuming your college basketball, there's another tournament going on right now it's the 2023 world baseball classic and maybe on wednesday night you were tuned into the final night of the first four in dayton ohio you might not have been watching an elimination game between two bitter rivals in international baseball perspective puerto rico and the dominican republic the dominicans entered the wbc with an absolutely stacked lineup and the favorites to win the tournament and yet here they were in pool play on the brink of elimination against the rivals in puerto rico another stacked roster including the best closer in the world his name is edwin diaz of the new york mets and after closing out the game for the puerto ricans a 5-2 huge victory over the dominicans in a celebration Edwin Diaz goes down on the baseball diamond. He has to be helped off in a wheelchair. And then that scary sight became reality for the New York Mets in the 2023 MLB season. As Edwin Diaz tore the patellar tendon in his right knee during that celebration, he will need surgery and is expected to miss this season. A tremendous, tremendous loss for the New York Mets in all of their expectation for 2023. Edwin Diaz in the trumpets last year at City Field, pure electricity. He was the NL reliever of the year with a 1-3-1 ERA, 32 saves a season ago. Would throw perfect inning after perfect inning, it seemed like, striking out at least two batters constantly in the side that he would see. So here's where the Mets stand entering 2023. Still a lot of promise. For the Amazons, don't forget Justin Verlander now in New York. 92.5 is the win total for the Mets, plus 170 to win the division, plus 480 to win the National League pennant, 9 to 1 price to win the World Series. Spring training began on February 24th. At that time, the Mets were 8 to 1 to win the World Series, plus 420 to win the pennant, plus 140 to win the National League East, with a win total of 94.5. The market has moved in a negative way. Because of this injury to Edwin Diaz. That is how much a closer, certainly at that level, can mean for a baseball organization. Now, both teams 
that we are going to see face off in the World Baseball Classic quarterfinals between Mexico and Puerto Rico. We're three and one in world play. As we look at that World Baseball Classic tonight, the Puerto Ricans take on the Mexicans and Mexico, a very slight favorite, minus 112. How does Puerto Rico respond in this event in the World Baseball Classic? Now, after that emotionally draining celebration, seeing Edwin Diaz go down. Hey, welcome to our Sports Grid radio audience here. The second hour of the morning after, live right here on this Friday on Sirius XM Channel 159 and all of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix as well. So as we look at the World Baseball Classic and those future prices, again, Puerto Rico knocked off the Dominican Republic, the Dominican Republic, excuse me, to finish off pool play the dominicans were the pre-tournament favorites now that's shohei otani and the japanese plus 165 for team japan team usa plus 210 team usa plays venezuela in the quarterfinals on saturday minus 134 on that money line for the americans by far their shortest number so far here in the world baseball classic now to the national football league offseason what a wild 24-hour span it was for the philadelphia eagles and darius slay he requested permission to seek a trade after no trade was found they were going to cut him except they did not officially release darius slay they were able to renegotiate and work on a deal darius slay is now back in philadelphia so they bring back a key piece of the best pass defense in the national football league just last year some big moves for philly as well marcus mariota now the backup quarterback in philly in their quarterback room as we shared miles sanders now a carolina panthers the chicago bears continue to add to their team dante foreman now added by the bears mike kosicki has found a new home in the afc east from the miami dolphins to the new england patriots in the nfc though It's San Francisco as the slight favorite ahead of Philadelphia, despite the Birds having the same price as the Niners to win a Super Bowl, and despite the fact Philadelphia won the NFC, of course, just a year ago. Quickly, some news in the NBA. One of the greatest of all time. I'll let you have the GOAT debate on your own. Michael Jordan, who, of course, has been the majority owner of the Charlotte Hornets for quite some time, is possibly seeking out selling that majority stake in the franchise to a group led by the Hornets minority owner, Gabe Plotkin and Rick Schnall. The Hornets, since MJ became that majority owner, the fifth worst winning percentage in the NBA. We wanted to hear from you, the people, to determine your national champion in the big dance. We do that next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to a Friday. Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM Channel 1. 59 and all across the sports grid network i am ben stevens for the second consecutive year we hit the streets of manhattan to talk to you to figure out the people's bracket for the 2023 men's ncaa tournament to figure out who you thought would continue dancing all the way to a national championship to cut 
down the nets. It is the Friday at the round of 64 of the 2023 NCAA tournament. So let's head to the streets of Manhattan to figure out who the people crowned a national champion. All 64 teams in the field were available. We do that now in Benny in the Bets. I hope as we can roll it here to see Benny in the Bets, to see who the people's champion was for the 2023 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. Now it is time to hit the streets. Who's the people's champ? Find out in Benny and the Bets. Nah, man, we talked yesterday. Box the 2023 NCAA tournament is now officially underway. Which number one seed will make it to the final four? Which team is on upset alert? Today we hit the streets of New York for the people's bracket. It's Alabama, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Who wins? Alabama. Maryland or West Virginia? West Virginia. San Diego State or Charleston? Charleston. That was Charleston. The upset. The 12 beats the five. Furman or Virginia? Virginia. Virginia it is. The four survives. Brayton or NC State? NC State. NC State it is. Now Baylor or UCSB? UCS. Let's fire through. Missouri or Utah State? Utah. Arizona or Princeton? I like Arizona. Arizona it is. Fantastic. You had UCSB with a big 14-3 upset. What is that? Big upset. Cinderella's. Okay, Cinderella. Who wins? Purdue or Fairleigh Dickinson? Purdue, for sure. For sure. For sure. You're back in the boilers 100%. 100%. I love the confidence. Next pick, Memphis, Florida Atlantic. Memphis. Memphis. Memphis it is, the public pick. Two more for you. Duke, Oral Roberts. Duke. Duke, it is the five-seed advances. Tennessee or Louisiana? Tennessee. Tennessee, Tennessee. all the way. We sing a little Rocky Top? Good old Rocky Top. Rocky Top, Tennessee. Rocky Top, Tennessee. One more time. Rocky Top, Tennessee. Continuing in the East region, you got time for pick? Yeah, let's do it. All right, here we go. Kentucky or Providence? Kentucky. Kansas State, Montana State. Montana. Michigan State, USC. USC. Marquette or Vermont? Marquette. Iowa or Auburn? Auburn. Miami or Drake? Drake. Because of the school or the rapper? Oh, wait, the rapper. That, that works too. Last one. Indiana or Kent State? Indiana. Indiana, go Hoosiers! We're in the Midwest region. Six seed Iowa State, 11 seed Pitt. Who wins? Oh, uh, which one? Iowa State or Pitt? Uh, Pitt. Iowa State, Pitt. Who are we going with? Iowa State. Iowa State, we have to go with it. It was a lot of response. Xavier or Kennesaw State? Xavier. Xavier, okay. Xavier. Texas A&M, Penn State. Texas. Texas A&M. Texas or Colgate? Colgate. Colgate because of the toothbrush. Uh, yeah, friends, yes. Smile. West region of the people's bracket, Kansas or Howard? Kansas. Arkansas or Illinois? Illinois. Illinois, that was adamant too. St. Mary's VCU. St. Mary. UConn, Iona. UConn. TCU or Nevada, who wins? Nevada. Gonzaga or Grand Canyon? Grand Canyon. Northwestern or Boise State? Northwestern. UCLA or UNC Asheville? UCLA. Round of 32. The NCAA Tournament People's Colgate. Bracket. Colgate. I'm not there yet. We'll, oh. we'll get to that in Alabama, West Virginia. Alabama. Charleston, Virginia. Uh, Virginia. NC State, UCSB. NC State. Utah State or Arizona? Uh, Utah. No picks out of you? Oh, Arizona State. East Region, round of 32. Purdue or Memphis? Memphis. Duke or Tennessee? Duke. Kentucky or uh, Montana State? Montana. USC or Marquette? USC. USC. Fight on of the people's bracket. Houston or Auburn? 
fast. Houston or Austin? Houston. Drake or Indiana? Drake. Iowa State or Xavier? Iowa State. Iowa State. Texas A&M or Colgate? Texas. Kansas or Illinois in the West Region? Kansas. St. Mary's or Yukon? Yukon. Nevada or Grand Canyon? Nevada. Northwestern or UCLA? UCLA. You want to give me an A clap? U. UCLA. UCLA. Fight, fight, fight. To the Sweet 16, the second weekend of the People's Bracket. Alabama, Virginia, NC State, Utah State in the South. That's where we start. South region. Who wants to pick some games? Alabama or Virginia? Virginia. NC State or Utah State? Utah. Utah State. They're dancing. Oh my God. I'm scared. Houston or Drake, who wins? Drake. Drake, how come? Are you Billy on the street? No, I'm Ben, Benny and the Bats. Okay. Iowa State or Texas A&M? Iowa. Iowa State it is. All right, here we go. West region, Kansas or Yukon? Um, I think Yukon, maybe. I know somebody that went there, so that's nice. maybe go, that's okay. Go Huskies, fantastic. Nevada or UCLA? Oh, UCLA. Oh, that was easy. Pick Nevada. Do you want to help us decide the final four of the people's bracket? Here we go. Virginia or Utah State, who wins? Utah State. Duke or USC? Duke. Last two, Drake or Iowa State? Iowa State. Drake, upset, okay, UConn, UCLA. UCLA. UCLA it is, I like your glasses. Thank you. Utah State or Duke in the final four, who wins? Oh, Duke. Duke to the national championship, Iowa State or UCLA, who plays Duke? UCLA. UCLA and Duke, you just helped us inside the national championship, how does that feel? So amazing. For the people's bracket. This is such an honor. The national championship on the line of the people's bracket, a battle of blue bloods, Duke, and UCLA. Sir, who's going to win the People's Bracket National Championship? Duke or UCLA? Who wins? No clue. Who wins? Um, Duke. Duke it is. They just won. They just won a national championship. Celebrate with us, please. Uh, that's amazing. Wow. That was the best part. As Andrew Bacigalupo, our associate producer here on the morning after, joins us now to give us the squad plays for this round of 64 Friday. Poch, last year we freaked out when the people chose Providence as the national champs in the people's bracket. Everybody was going crazy on the streets. That guy wanted nothing to do with us. And then you see John James run in out of nowhere and start screaming. Actually, shamesy guy, Botch thought that the guy picked UCLA, so he started yelling UCLA at the end before the camera cut. All fun for the people's bracket there to decide the 2023 NCAA champion. It was nice. We have Duke winning it all, Blue Bloods, Chalk. Yeah. I mean, and we're, we're confident that we're going to get this Duke-Kentucky matchup here at MSG in the Garden. Yep. So maybe the guy had tickets already and was like, I want to see a classic Blue Blood matchup here in the city of New York. I don't think that guy knew the NCAA tournament was even beginning, Botch, but maybe so. Of course, oh, we no. filmed that earlier this week. Although Duke and UCLA still dancing, the other teams that were in there, like Utah State or Virginia, yeah, they got eliminated yesterday. All right, Botch, run us through these producer plays, the squad plays we all have entering this weekend at the big dance. Oh, yes. We are incredibly excited. Round of 64 continues today. Live 12 to 3. Bracket Central. Absolute blast yesterday. We're going to sweat these Bang. out. Myself, I'm going with VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University. You hear the way that sounds and it rolls off the tongue. Plus four and a half today. Yeah. Take <laughs> plus four and a half today in their matchup today against St. Mary's. Ben, 
guards travel in this tournament. Yeah. VCU's guards in that A-10 tournament here in New York at the Barclays Center looked incredible. Shooting the lights out from beyond the arc. I'm taking VCU with the points. I wouldn't be surprised if it was an upset. And we have Alex Fasano, our executive producer here. He's going with his alma mater, the Iona Gales, taking on UConn. Slick Rick, is this his last game coaching Iona? Probably, probably on his way to St. John's. But Iona, <laughs> nine and a half point dogs. They're rarely underdogs. Let's take Iona with the points here. And then Jesse, the sharpest of them all, he wants to stay away from the basketball today. Red, white, and blue, USA, Jesse. Let's ride USA Moneyline in the World Baseball Classic. America's pastime. Nothing. Andrew Bocigalupo, that silver-tongued devil, Virginia Commonwealth University. More of the morning after up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Now it is time to set the stage for the round of 64, a Friday in the 2023 men's NCAA basketball tournament. We do that here on this Friday, live on the morning after on SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. We are very pleased right now to welcome on one of our best friends on this show. Tyler Aki joins us here on TMA of ESPN Chicago. Basketball U going on during the weekends as well. A show Tyler hosts to give you all that you need to make sense of the madness here in the 2023 Big Dance. Tyler, how was your opening day on the opening round, the round of 64 of this year's NCAA tournament? Well, we got off to a little bit of a slow start in the morning, but we picked it up at night, hit on, I think I went like six and one to close out the day. So it was a good Shoot. nightcap, but mm. a tough morning. But hey, it's how you finish, right? Exactly. And you want that momentum to build into Friday because Tyler, we let off the show with this idea. What's better than having the best day of your year once, having it twice in consecutive days? That is the round of 64 Friday at the NCAA tournament. So, Tyler, you are there in Big Ten country in Chicago where the Purdue Boilermakers just this past Sunday before the bracket was unveiled got a test from Penn State. They need to learn how to break a full court press, but regardless, the Boilers sweep the Big Ten, the regular season title, and the tournament championship as well. Now, as the one seed in the East region, they get ready to take on fairly Dickinson, a 23 and a half point spread, Tyler Rocky, in favor of the Boilermakers. Now, we know the question with Purdue. It's not winning this game in the round of 64, as the odds would indicate. It's getting to the Final Four, something they have failed to do in more than 40 years. So, Tyler Rocky, what is your expectation level of this year's Purdue Boilermaker team? Well, I think they'll have no problems today against the 16 seed, Fairleigh Dickinson, but I am a little concerned about them moving forward. I saw Ken Palm, our, our good friend Ken Palm, tweet out a fantastic stat that one and two seeds mm. that were unranked in the AP Top 25 in the preseason are averaging fewer than two wins in the tournament and have never 
made a final four on top of that. So Purdue fits that mold. Marquette mm. also fits that mold as well. So I would beware of some of the top seeds in the East region if I were a better. It's a really good point. Those are the top two seeds in the East, in the East region, excuse me, overall with Purdue as the one and Marquette on that two line. So Tyler, as we keep it going here to set up the stage for this Friday, one thing the Knights of FDU do not have in their favor, despite that 23-and-a-half-point spread, is size. Purdue is always going to have the height advantage with the 7-4 Big Ten Player of the Year in Zach Eady. However, the tallest man on Fairleigh Dickinson's roster is six foot seven. He has played a total of 38 minutes this year. How much do you expect Zach Eady to have a big day in the round of 64 for the Boilermakers? I think he'll definitely have a, a great first half. The one problem with some of these statistics with some of these stars in 116 matchups is how long are you going to be on the floor, right? Are you going to play 30 minutes like you're used to? Or, or is your day going to be cut short after 15, 20 minutes because you'll have cleaned up so quickly in the first half? That's my biggest concern with betting any sort of ED prop yep. here, I'd probably stay away from them just because you don't know how many minutes he's going to face. That doesn't mean I don't think he's going to have a great game. I think he's going to be fantastic, but it can be tough to score 22, 24 points if you're only out there for 15, 20 minutes, which I'd imagine is the workload for Zach Eady because I think Purdue runs away with this one against Fairleigh Dickinson. It's a really good point, and maybe if you want to back the Boilermakers, you look at that first-half number. The first-half spread currently sits at 12.5 in favor of Purdue. Elsewhere in the East region, Tyler, you just shared why it might be a little bit up in the air and some concerns overall for a tournament run for the one seed in the East and the two seed in the East. How about that number six seed in the East, the Kentucky Wildcats? John Calipari's team enters the NCAA tournament having won 11 of their last 16 regular season games. They're a four-and-a-half-point favorite in that 6-11 matchup against the Providence Friars. Tyler, do you believe in the overall title contenders that are that is Kentucky at this point of the NCAA tournament? I don't know if I view them as a title contender, but I think they're a team that can make a run, maybe get to the Elite Eight, maybe sniff the Final Four, too. You know, I look at them and I look at Duke as two teams, the five and the six seed in this yep. East region, but they're teams that are playing more like three and four seeds at the close of the season. And, you know, you get Kentucky and Duke to Madison Square Garden, if either one of them are there, the fan base is going to show up for that game, right? And not yep. that they won't travel for the, the early rounds as well, but I really do think that this Kentucky team has what it takes to make a little bit of a run. This is going to be one of the choppier games, I think, for them because Providence does match up pretty well against them. It is a Bryce Hopkins revenge yep. games on the other side for the Friars as well. But these are very similar teams. I don't love either side of this game between Providence and Kentucky with that four-and-a-half-point number. I would maybe lean to the under of 143-and-a-half just because there are similar teams and you could see a bit of a get-to-know-you process in the early portions of this game. There is a potential if Duke and Kentucky march on the next weekend that both the Cats and the Blue Devils will play in the East Regional Sweet 16 potential or Elite 8 Regional Final 
inside Madison Square Garden. Because the East feels very up in the air, Tyler Rocky, as we look at the odds to represent this region in the Final Four in Houston, who do you have winning the East? So... I placed on Duke at the beginning of the tournament to get out of the mm. East region here. I thought that was some pretty good value there. You know, I, I do think that you are going to find a little bit of value on Kentucky as well. I would shy away from the Purdue and the Marquette, who are the favorites there. I think a lot of the value lies on Duke because of the way that, they, yeah. I mean, they showed it last night. It was a, a game that I think was a pretty popular upset pick, at least from an Oral Roberts standpoint, to cover the spread. But the way Duke's been playing lately, they are rolling through teams. Yep. They rolled through the ACC tournament. And I think that they could have a nice little path to get to the Final Four there. So I think there's some pretty good value on Duke. And I would maybe place a flyer on Kentucky as well. Duke was around a 6-1 to one number to win the East region before the tournament. They cover as a 5.5-point favorite, winning by 23 against Oral Roberts, shutting down the Golden Eagles to their second lowest scoring output of the entire season, just 51 points for ORU last night. The 8-9 matchup, Tyler Rocky, in the East is one that is highly anticipated across the bracket. It is Florida Atlantic and the champions of the AAC tournament. That would be the Memphis Tigers, who have won 14 of their last 17 games entering the big dance. Many people believe, Tyler, whoever wins this game can upset Purdue in the round yes. of 32. But let's start with the round of 64. It's a virtual pick -em, a short one-and-a-half-point spread in favor of the Tigers. So, Tyler Aki, pick it. Who wins this game between FAU and Memphis? Oh, boy, I love both of these teams here. And it is a crime, I think, for college basketball players purists like yourself and myself that this was our first round matchup yep. right like you couldn't shuffle these teams around a little bit but i do have a slight <laughs> lean to memphis they are the 11th most experienced team in division one they kind of have a formula too that you really like in march they hit their free throws they play some good defense as well you know i and you're right i think that whoever does come out of this game ends up beating purdue but i have a slight lean to memphis here they do have stars on their roster and I will say this, though. I think that Florida Atlantic has the coaching advantage with Dusty May, but the inexperience in the tournament, it may hurt them. This was a Memphis team, remember, yeah. last year that came very close to taking down Gonzaga, a one seed in their region. So I lean Memphis, yeah. but boy, do I hate having to pick against FAU. The Memphis Tigers probably have the best player on the floor in Kendrick Davis, but the rotational depth that FAU has could pay dividends i'm on the other side i have to go with the aisles the owls excuse me tyler because memphis has been such a public team at this point in the 512 games yesterday both five seeds survived san diego state even covers as a five and a half point favorite against charleston and then of course duke rolls oral roberts so will we see that classic upset spot on this friday the odds certainly indicate that could be the case st mary's only a four and a half point favorite against VCU, the champions of the A-10. It's only a one-and-a-half-point spread, Tyler Rocky, in favor of Miami against the Drake Bulldogs. Who do you think is most on upset alert, the Canes or the Gales? I do think it's the Gales. You know, St. Mary's had a couple of quad three losses over the course of the season. I do think that this St. Mary's team is a little vulnerable. They didn't play very stiff competition throughout the year. The WCC wasn't nearly what it was last season as well. 
I like VCU to pull off the upset here. I would take them with the four and a half. I would sprinkle a little bit on the money line as well. They are a fantastic yeah. defensive team, as is St. Mary's. And when you do have two really good defensive teams like that, sometimes that's where the upsets are going to show. Um, and, and with this VCU team, if they can get to the free throw line as well, maybe cause a little havoc there. They do take one of they are one of the most free throw heavy teams in all of college basketball. So if they can get to the line and maybe get some St. Mary's players in some foul trouble early on, I like the Rams to pull off the upset and be the lone 12 seed to come out of the bracket. As Tyler Rocky knows, a proud Syracuse alum who watches a ton of ACC basketball, Miami is deep. They made an elite eight run last year. And North Shadow Mir, their big man, practiced yesterday. He is expected to play if all goes well in pregame warmups. I'm just saying that one and a half point spread might not be long enough. Tyler Aki from ESPN Chicago, we appreciate your time as always. Enjoy the weekend in the big dance. More in the morning after. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to a Friday. Live right here on the morning after on SportsGrid. We are just about an hour and a half away from game number one of day number two for the round of 64 at the 2023 Men's NCAA Tournament. I am Ben Stevens. Is there any better way to tip off a round of 64 Friday in the big dance than analysis and insight and engagement and enthusiasm from one John Rothstein? of FanDuel and CBS Sports? The answer to that question is honestly no. As John joins us here on TMA on this round of 64 Friday to set the stage for the second day in the round of 64 and look back on the opening day of the big dance as the full field got underway. John, this is March, and we saw that on display yesterday. Thank you for joining us. We did, Ben, and what an incredible open in terms of the first full day of the NCAA tournament. I keep going back to this, and this is the thing that I thought about, and I stopped, and then I thought about it, and I stopped again. Princeton, after last year, lost two players to power conferences because the Ivy League has a rule where you can't return for a fifth season of eligibility. Ethan Wright to Colorado, and then Jalen Llewellyn to Michigan. Princeton did not win the Ivy League tournament last year, but it did beat Arizona yesterday in what I thought it, you know, was one of the great upsets that we've seen in recent years. Well, there's only three words to describe this, Ben. This is March. It absolutely is. The Princeton Tigers for the third consecutive NCAA tournament. A 15 seed has now upset a two in the round of 64. 59-55 yesterday, John, against that two seed in the South region the Arizona Wildcats. Princeton winning outright as a 14-and-a-half-point underdog. John, you said it right there. One of the great upsets in recent memory in the big dance. How did Princeton do it? Well, defensively, and I think that's part of the thing that makes this so interesting. You know, seven years ago, we saw 15-beat a two when Middle Tennessee beat Michigan State. And Middle Tennessee had an offensive game that was probably comparable to what Villanova did against Georgetown in the 1985 national championship game they were breathtaking offensively 
Princeton was four of 25 from three against Arizona and still won the game. They completely controlled the pace. It helps when you have a point center of Tosan Awoa, but just an incredible, incredible display by Mitch Henderson's team. But I'm going to go back to this, Ben, and I felt this six days ago. Saturday night in the Pac-12 tournament title game, UCLA lost to Arizona, but UCLA did not have the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year and the best defender in the country in Jalen Clark. And UCLA did not have a Dem Bono, who you and I would both agree is the anchor to that defense because of his rim protection. And with seven minutes left to play, the two five men for UCLA, Mac Etienne and Kenny Nawuba, fouled out of the game. And UCLA did not play well offensively down the stretch and still had a chance to win, probably should have won the game. And I left that game really more impressed with UCLA than I was Arizona. And now five days later, the Wildcats are out of the NCAA tournament. It's a really good point, John. And we saw what UCLA could do even with the absence of Jalen Clark or Adem Bona yesterday. Right. A 33-point win over a right. trendy 15 seed in UNC Asheville yes. and all of their offensive glory with Tajon Jones and Drew Pember. So Arizona, the two seed in the South region, bounced in the round of 64. It was not the only upset that we saw on day number one of the round of 64 at the 2023 NCAA tournament. John, for all of our lives, probably, we will remember where we all sat when J.P. Pegues gave Furman the huge upset victory over the four seed in the South Virginia, 68-67 in favor of Furman. John, did this moment, yesterday for the Paladins to pull off that huge upset over the Cavaliers in your mind embody the beauty that is the big dance well it embodied the beauty for for sure but it also broke my heart to see Kihei Clark end his college career with a turnover of that magnitude and here's the thing now and this is just going to be part of the bio for Kihei Clark he is a part of two of the most impactful passes in the history of Virginia basketball Four years ago when the Cavaliers won a national championship, he got that tip back on the offensive rebound and threw the ball ahead to Mamadi Diakite. Diakite turned around and made the shot against Purdue to send the game into overtime. Virginia won there, went on to win the national championship. And then yesterday, unfortunately, his career was finalized with that errant turnover, which led to the game-winning three-point shot. So my heart breaks for Kihei Clark. Virginia has seen, with Kihei Clark a part of the roster for five years in Charlottesville, the peaks and the valleys of the NCAA tournament. Three of their last four tournament appearances in exit in the round of 64, but also a national championship with Kihei Clark on the roster in 2019. If you have a moment today before the game start in about an hour and a half, go read or listen to Kihei Clark in the post-game press conference. He took a lot of flack, and rightfully so, but owned it up to the poor decision took accountability. He is a leader for Virginia, and his five years in Charlottesville will be remembered, I think at least, John, and should be remembered positively. We saw the two top seeds in the NCAA tournament on the one line get underway yesterday. Despite a scoreless performance from Brandon Miller, the top team in the tournament, Alabama cruises to a 21-point victory over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. It was a much tougher test, John, for Houston, the one seed in the yep. Midwest region against Northern Kentucky. The Cougs win by 11. They do not come close ever to being around that covering margin of eight 
15 and a half points. Marcus Sasserjohn started the game, but then was ruled out for the remainder of the game in the second half. And after the game, head coach for Houston, Kelvin Sampson, tells CBS's Tracy Wolfson, as you shared on Twitter, that Jamal shed the veteran guard dealing with a knee injury as well. So, John, where we stand right now, despite a first-round victory for the Cougars, the pre-tournament favorites, how concerned are you for Houston the rest of the way? Well, extremely concerned because, and Kelvin Sampson alluded to this last night during his post-game press conference, the Houston team that we have seen the last two games, last night against Northern Kentucky and against Memphis on Sunday in the American Athletic Conference tournament game, has not been synonymous with a number one seed. And Houston is going to have to play a pseudo-road game on Sunday in Birmingham against Auburn to get to the Sweet 16. And considering the makeup now, of Houston's backcourt with Sasser and Shedd both nursing injuries. Knowing the way Bruce Pearl is, you know that Auburn is going to come after Houston's guards from the get-go and attack. It's going to be like a hornet's nest for the Cougars on Sunday in Birmingham. It was uncharacteristic Cougars basketball, John, like you mentioned. Northern Kentucky had 18 offensive rebounds yesterday against Houston. They had more offensive rebounds to the Norse than defensive rebounds. That is not Mm -hmm. what Houston is known for. And you could tell Kelvin Sampson was not too pleased on the sideline. Disoriented, John, is how I would describe the Cougs in their most recent two games with really out Marcus Sasser. The final one seed in the NCAA tournament underway today in the East region. It's Purdue taking on Fairleigh Dickinson, who earned that 16 spot with a first four victory in Dayton on Wednesday night. John, you were there in Dayton, Ohio, covering the first four for True TV. You saw FDU live and in person. It's a 23 and a half point spread. If this game is to be competitive, how do the Knights stay in it? Well, first of all, I want to say I was thoroughly impressed with the job that Tobin Anderson does, the head coach of FDU, you know, an outstanding offensive coach. They play with great rhythm, great pace, great execution, but he's had tall tasks in his college career before as a head coach. He will have no task taller than today's matchup with Zach Eady, who is about a foot taller than anybody on FDU's roster. So this is about as big of a David and Goliath showdown as we have today in college basketball. But if we saw yesterday, anything is possible in the NCAA tournament. They've got to make the game as fast as possible and essentially make Zach Eady a non-factor with transition. The Big Ten Player of the Year, that is Zach Eady, soon to be the Wooden Award winner in the National Player of the Year, one of three players in the last three decades of high major college basketball to average 21 points and 12 rebounds per game. So John Perdue, a 23 and a half point favorite. Elsewhere in the West region, we go to the East Coast, the state capital of New York, Albany, for what is going to be an incredible game on paper between UConn, the four in the West, and the 13 seed, Iona. Now the Huskies are a nine and a half point favorite, John Rothstein. But the storyline is really Dan Hurley versus Rick Pitino. What do you anticipate the atmosphere to look like in Albany this afternoon? You know, just an incredible buzz for both programs. And I think when you look at UConn, UConn has again become, you know, the top program in the Northeast right now under Dan Hurley. But that that has not led to an NCAA tournament win. In the last two years, UConn has been knocked out in the round of 64 twice. Two years ago to Maryland, last year to New Mexico State. And knowing that staff as well as I do, 
they have been working towards this moment, just trying to get over the hump in the NCAA tournament. So a couple of days ago on Selection Sunday, who is the hurdle to get over to get to the second round of the NCAA tournament? It's pound for pound, inch for inch, the best coach in the sport in Rick Pitino. So mm. there's excitement about a lot of games today, all of the games. We have Kentucky going up against Providence and Bryce Hopkins. I think right. USC-Michigan State's a fascinating game. I love the Baylor-Santa Barbara matchup. But Ben Stevens, if you're asking me right now if there is just one game that I could watch today, it would be UConn-Iona. I would agree with you. A potential matchup of future Big East head coaches. We'll see what Rick Pitino does after his team's appearance in the NCAA tournament. John, you mentioned for a couple of weeks here on this show, there was a potential for UConn to play a ton of basketball in the Empire State in the final month yeah. of their season. The Big East Tournament in Madison Square Garden, the East Regional in Madison Square Garden, a start perhaps in Albany. They get that component of it, but they are in the West region. So when you look at the UConn Huskies entering this 2023 big dance, do you believe Dan Hurley's squad is a legitimate title contender? They're definitely good enough to get to a Final Four. And I think when you look at this region, which is a loaded region, Kansas, Arkansas, obviously Connecticut's at the top. Then you have potentially TCU, Gonzaga, UCLA. It is a dynamite, dynamite region. But UConn, if it can continue to get mileage at a high level out of Jordan Hawkins, more than capable of going to the Final Four out of the West, which is the region of France. I was going to ask, John, what is the description for the West region? But that's why you are a pro's pro. John, just about an hour and 15 minutes or so from tip in day number two, round of 64 Friday in the 2023 NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. It is Michigan State and USC. The Spartans, a two-and-a-half-point favorite, John Rothstein. What do you expect from the first game up of day number two? Well, I think that USC is vastly underrated going into this basketball game. I know Michigan State obviously is synonymous with the month of March. Some people might have a calendar that says January, February, Izzo, April. But USC hasn't been healthy all season long. And when USC has been healthy, it's been a basketball team that's been extremely formidable at the top of the Pac-12. They've got two veteran guards and Boogie Ellis and Drew Peterson, rim protection with Joshua Morgan and Vince Uwachuku. And I love what they do on the wings with Kobe Johnson and Trey White. USC is in a situation where they, I think, are being overlooked entering today's game. Tom Izzo now has led Michigan State to 25 consecutive NCAA tournament appearance. It is the longest ever streak consecutively for a head coach in the big dance. John Rothstein, have a wonderful Friday. I know you will. Thanks, Ben. This is March. It is indeed March, and we only sleep in May. We round out the morning after up next here on this Friday on Sportsman. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out our two hours together here, live on this Friday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Closing out our week as we set the stage for Friday at the round of 64 in the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament. The NCAA Women's Tournament also 
getting underway on this Friday as well with the full field now in action in the round of 64. The round of 32 is this weekend. Pretty much your theme for the weekend, your vibe is only big dance basketball. Go dancing, but for the NCAA tournament. So before we say farewell and before we say goodbye, it is time for a college basketball best bet after the, uh, the embarrassment I feel from Yesterday's Texas A&M minus two and a half against Penn State. It is time for Bye Bye Bye. So coming up in just over an hour, it will be in-game live, Bracket Central once again live right here on SportsGrid. Myself, our coach James Young, our entire crew of Joe Frizo, Andrew Bocci-Galupo, John Shames, Brett Levy, Greg Sussman. We will be live to take you through the First three hours of the round of 64 from noon to 3 p.m. Eastern time. If you were with us yesterday, we had a squad play. We revealed on air. Furman down by four with about four and a half remaining. A plus 470. Moneyline live underdog. We bet it. It was a squad play. We were all jazzed up for J.P. Pegues to give Furman the game winner. The squad play today happens in the first game of the day. After we saw the first three matchups yesterday hit a first half under, we keep the same theme and thought experiment alive. Michigan State and USC, first half under 63 and a half total points for the opening game of the round of 64 Friday in the NCAA tournament. So make sure you are with us when the big dance action tips off at noon Eastern time, live right here on SportsGrid, in-game live Bracket Central. We'll be out with the people at Versa in our Midtown Manhattan studios. We'll see you on Monday. Have a great weekend on the morning app.